Welcome to Church History. I'm your host, Loralee Siemens. This is our summer season. I'm telling the stories of our great hymns. This podcast tells the story of the church in chronological order. We started with the story of Jesus, and we have traveled through history into the 1800s. For this summer, we're going to tell the story of the church in chronological order through our great hymns. So, enjoy this summer season. Hello, my name is Loralee Siemens, and I'm your host here at the Church History Podcast. Today we're looking at one of my favorite hymns, one I've heard over and over growing up. The story of this hymn is a story of the life of Charlotte Elliott. Charlotte was born in Brighton, England, March 18, 1789. She was born the same year as the start of the French Revolution. This was a very difficult time in history, and while England did not face persecution at this time, it was scary knowing that Christian brothers and sisters were being killed in France. I did an episode on the French Revolution, and I'll put links to that in the show notes, so you can get an idea of the world at this time. Charlotte was born into what we might call Christian royalty. Her grandfather was the Reverend Henry Venn. He was a great preacher and writer. His writings were part of the Great Awakening, the most famous revival in England. Her father was Charles Elliot, a silk merchant. Her brothers were Henry Venn Elliot and Edward Bishop Elliot. They both became great pastors and had a huge impact in England as well. Her cousin, was John Venn. He was a scientist who's most famous for creating the Venn diagram. As you can guess, this was a family that loved learning, working hard, and making a huge impact in their world. They saw hard work as an important value. This was the family Charlotte was born into. Her siblings and her cousins didn't have the impact they had on the world until adulthood, but you can imagine growing up with them as your family. There was a lot of pressure to be great. Her family was also well-known in political circles. William Wilberforce was a great friend of the family who would come and visit their home often. He was a politician whose life goal was to end slavery and who died just hours after slavery was officially outlawed. Charlotte started out her life with the same passion the rest of the family had. She was a cheerful, bubbly little girl who loved to run and play with her brothers and her sister Eleanor. She loved to play music and sing with her family. But at some point in her twenties, she became extremely ill, and she never recovered from the sickness. For the rest of her life, she would be weak and unable to run or play. Living in a home where value was placed on accomplishments, made Charlotte feel as though she was worthless. She felt that God did not love her, and since she could not work for him as her family did, she was a burden and worthless to the call of God. Her sadness turned to despair, and her despair to bitterness. As a young woman, she was considered unmarriable. She had to be cared for by her parents, and then at age of 32, she was moved into her brother's home, where his family cared for her, and that made her bitterness grow. 
She was difficult to be around. One day, Dr. Caesar Mallon of Geneva was coming to the area to preach. He was a very famous pastor, and he stayed in their home, as did many great preachers of the time. Charlotte was asked to come and eat with the family and the guest. Charlotte was angry they were once again hosting a preacher. The bitterness in her heart towards God also came through to anyone who was in ministry. Dr. Milan could see that she was angry, and at this point he showed her no mercy and no grace. He told her she did not have the peace of God, and perhaps if she had God's peace, she would not be so miserable. Charlotte left the table and went to her room, refusing to speak to anyone. This conversation upset Charlotte even more. She was someone who believed her worth was based on what she could or could not do, and since she could do nothing, her value was also nothing. Now, even her emotions were wrong because of what she had or had not done. If only she could make herself valuable to God. If she could just make herself be peaceful and happy, then maybe God would love her, and then maybe he would give her his peace. But the peace of God seemed unreachable for her. Later, she felt bad for her rude behavior, and she went to see Dr. Milan. She apologized for being rude and storming out of the dinner. She then told Dr. Milan she had tried before to be happy and peaceful. She could pretend to be happy and peaceful, but the truth was she was not. This time, Dr. Milan spoke to her with more grace. Charlotte asked him a question. How could someone like me ever find peace with God? This time, Dr. Milan did not scold her for being sad or bitter. He did not try to make her feel guilty for her emotions. He said to her, God loves you, and he wants you, just as you are. Go to Jesus, just as you are. Those kind words changed Charlotte's heart. God loved her just the way she was. She went to God in prayer that night and prayed those words. I am here, just as I am. Slowly, over time, God began to change Charlotte and show her that he loved her. Her value was not based on what she did. She was valuable because she was God's child. But she still struggled with wondering what her purpose was. One day, she felt herself drift back into depression. It was the year 1836. Her family was all taking part in a huge bazaar. Her brother, who she was living with, was the pastor of a large church. And there was a school for poor children that needed money in order to stay open. The family had all worked together to put this bazaar together, and all the money was going to the school to make sure it did not close. The day of the bazaar, Charlotte awoke feeling sick again. She tried to get ready to go to the bazaar, but she was so weak she could not walk. She realized once again she would have to stay home while her brothers and her sister and her cousin all went to serve God and do great things. They would work hard all day and raise enough money to keep the school open, and she would stay home alone in bed. She could feel the wave of despair wash over her. She managed to get out of bed and move slowly to the desk beside her bed, and she wrote a prayer to God. 
She remembered the words that had first drawn her to her Savior when Dr. Milan had said, Come just as you are. So she wrote, Just as I am, without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, just as I am, and wanting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, just as I am, though tossed about with many conflicts and many doubt, fightings and fears within and without, O Lamb of God, I come, just as I am, poor, wretched, blind sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee I find, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. Halfway through the day, her sister-in-law came home to check in on her and bring her news of how the bazaar was doing. Charlotte was sleeping, but her sister-in-law saw the poem and picked it up. She took it back with her to the bazaar and read it for everyone. They loved it, and everybody wanted a copy. She took orders for the sale of the poem, and the money from the poem paid more money than anything else in the bazaar that day. Later, as the poem was published, and eventually turned into a hymn, Charlotte never kept the royalties for herself. All of the money from the song went to keep the school open, and the song's royalties were part of what made sure the school never closed in Charlotte's lifetime. Charlotte wrote more poems and actually published over 115 hymns in her life. As Charlotte's health grew worse, she was encouraged by the letters that would come to her from people all over the world. People would tell her how her words brought them to Christ, or gave peace to loved ones as they were dying. From her bed, Charlotte was preaching to the whole world. More hardships came to the family. In 1841, her sister-in-law died, and in 1843, her mother died. Then in 1843, her sister also died. So all the people who were in charge of caring for her passed away and she was then cared for by her brother. She continued to write for years. Now, we have to pause her story for just a minute to hear the story of a man named William Bradbury. William was born in the exact opposite family circumstances as Charlotte. He was born very poor on a farm. He was born October 6, 1816, when Charlotte was 27 years old. William was born in Maine and had no schooling, he moved with his family to Boston in 1831 when he was 15 years old. He had never seen an organ before. But what no one knew was that he was actually a musical prodigy. He sat down at the organ and after just a short time was playing beautiful music. Everybody was shocked. A man named Lowell Mason began to teach him music. And by the time he was just 16 years old, which is just one year later, he became the church organist and was playing better than his teacher. Six years later, he was teaching music in Brooklyn, New York, 
and then he went to Germany to be taught by the best masters of music. In 1854, he returned to America, and that's where he started the Bradbury Piano Company. He wanted children to know music, so he raised money for schools to make sure that those schools had music programs. He also loved the Lord Jesus Christ, and he loved to find poems about Jesus and write music for them. While his concert music was extremely complicated, William believed that music for the church should be simple enough for even a child to play. In 1861, he wrote the music to the poem, Jesus Loves Me, and we're going to cover that song in just a few weeks. Then one day he was given a poem, Just As I Am. He thought it would fit perfectly with the song he had just written. As he played the song and sang the words, he saw a problem. It didn't quite fit the music. Each verse needed just two more syllables. So he added something to the poem. He added an extra, I come, at the end of each verse. So the first verse went like this. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. William died January 7th in 1868, and Charlotte was still at home in her late 70s when William died, but her health was fading more. One day, her doctor came to visit her. She was nearing death as her sickness had continued to progress. He said, I have felt God calling me to not only minister to the health of the body, but also the health of the soul. And I have a poem I found, and I printed off copies of it. I read this poem to my patients, and then I leave it with them. Would it be okay with you if I read this poem to you, and then left it with you? Charlotte, of course, was happy to hear this, as she loved poetry. But, as she heard the words, she began to cry. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. The doctor had no idea that he was reading her very own poem to her, and she would go home to Jesus just as she was. She went home to be with Jesus September twenty second, 1871, at the age of 82. Her brother said at her funeral, I have preached many sermons, but I will never preach as many sermons as my sister did with one hymn, and he had no idea that God still had more planned for this simple poem. Sixty-two years after her death, on November the 1st, 1934, a fifteen-year-old boy was listening to a sermon by a man named Dr. Ham. At the end of the service, a song was played. As the song was being sung, the pastor was calling those who wanted to accept Christ to come forward. God loved them just as they were, and he wanted to save them. This teenager felt as if his shoes were suddenly filled with lead. It took all his strength to pick up his feet and move forward. But he went to the altar and knelt there as the song, Just As I Am, was being sung all around him. This teenager came to Christ and then began to preach. He preached and he preached and he filled stadiums in America and then around the world. 
His name was Billy, Billy Graham. And every time he preached, he called others to come forward, just as he had done as a 15-year-old. And he always had the band sing Just As I Am. The song, written by the weak hand of a woman in her 30s who thought that God would never use her, changed the world and led an uncountable amount of people to Christ. While the song has usually been sung as a call to come to Christ, once you know the story behind this song, it is a reminder for us who are already followers of Christ. I remember when I first started this podcast, I had to quit my job in ministry because my family needed me at home. We had recently adopted two sisters, and I could not juggle home life and ministry life. I had also been through two horrible church splits before this, and there was a part of me that thought my value in Christ was only if I was doing what everyone else saw as great things for God. If I was not traveling the world or speaking to large audiences or leading children to Christ on a regular basis, then was I useless to God. If my life was cooking, doing dishes, laundry, driving to appointments and sporting events, helping with homework and homeschooling some of the children, then was I no longer serving God? I started the podcast because I love church history and I wanted a hobby. I didn't see it as a ministry. I just saw it as a mom in her office recording when I had time. But one day, out of curiosity, I checked my stats. Over 4,000 downloads each month and with listeners all around the world. I began to receive letters from sweet children who were listening to my podcast while their mom drove them to do grocery shopping. I heard from grown men who had walked away from God and the church and had been drawn back from the testimonies of the men and women of our history. I heard from moms who were encouraged. And just a few weeks ago, I heard from someone who told me they had visited the church where William Wilberforce had attended after hearing the story. That, by the way, was really cool, and I'm so jealous. And last weekend, I was even visited by two of my very favorite listeners. And I hope you're listening here. I really appreciated the artwork that you brought for me. And I'm telling you all of this because what I learned is that God will use all of us when we come just as we are. If you're a mom and you're at home and you're doing dishes and you're doing laundry and you're feeding your family and you're taking care of them, you are serving God. And what you are doing matters so much and is so vital and so important. We worship a God who is in need of nothing. And we may only have one loaf and two fishes, but God can use that to feed thousands. So if you have never received Christ as your Savior, let me tell you to come to him today just as you are. Bring your brokenness to him, your pain to him, your sadness to him. He loves you just the way you are. If you are a Christian and you think your value is based only on what you can do for Christ, what you can bring, let me tell you, that is not true. He sees you and loves you. You were created to worship, and you can worship God anywhere, at any time, all the time. Come just as you are, and God will use you. And now we're going to end this episode by listening to Rosemary Seaman's version of Just As I Am from her Sunday Hymn Serenade series on YouTube. I wanted to tell you first that I love, love, love this singer. First of all, her name is Rosemary Siemens. 
is not related to me, but a great name, right? And she's Canadian, and she loves hymns. So, a fellow Canadian Siemens who loves hymns, what's not to love? Also, she's amazing. And after her song, you will hear her share where you can find her music. And I will also put links in the show notes. As you listen to this song, cry out to God. Tell Him, here is my life. I'm coming today, just as I am. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou beest me come to
watching this week's Sunday Hymn Serenade. I hope you enjoyed this timeless hymn just as I am. I have such wonderful memories with this song from being at a Billy Graham crusade to hearing it in church and having altar calls. And I think I chose this piece because it brings me a lot of peace and serenity and that's what I hope it will do for you as well. I think that's what we need most right now to be calm, to have peace, and to come to God just as we are. If you enjoyed that, I do have it on my album called Gospel. I have it as an instrumental. And I have eight CDs in total, from hymn albums to a country bluegrass album to a classical. Um, we got it all. So if you're interested, while you're stuck at home, to listen to some music, just see the links below. We have them in physical copies, and we have them digital, digitally on all stores, all platforms. I would love to have my music be an encouragement to you during this time. So if you enjoyed, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we will be back every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. And thank you for helping me bring back the